Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Tenacious 19-year-old Sadie Ford operates within the poetic persona of a searching pioneer. Her footsteps track over the town of government camps, mountain landscape, her dog Scooter, her only constant companion. Deep among the Douglas firs, Sadie snowshoes to build her nestled tent site, a place she feels more at ease than anywhere with four walls. In this film, Woods Rider, it is a meditative film about identity, home, and the way that human experience echoes that of the natural world. And we are joined today by the director of Woods Riders, and that would be Cambria Matlow. Cambria, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks much. For having for, me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. This is a, a wonderful film. I don't think I did justice to the, uh, in the in the introduction. It is a film that wants you to be along for a very interesting observational look at someone who is very interesting themselves, and also their their approach to life is very intriguing. Uh, tell me a little bit about the origins of Wood Rider and how you got to know um, Sadie Ford. Yeah, um, well, I think the film started, you know, kind of long, long ago uh, in my mind, certainly. I um, And even longer before than that, I was a, a snowboarder myself uh, for many years. Um, after college, um, I ended up, you know, living in, uh, I lived in Vermont for about three or four years. I lived in Big Bear, California. I lived in New Zealand, um, and I was just chasing the winter season. And then I ended up making a different documentary film about something very different, but I kept on snowboarding, and I just really, every time I was out there, I just really kind of saw the the world that was surrounding me. I just kept wanting it to be a movie. I just wanted to make that world into a movie, and I felt like when I was in that world, I was in a movie. I really wanted to just kind of, like, validate that experience that I was having, I guess. Just before before we go any further into that, I'm kind of curious. What was the experience that you were, that you felt like you were trying to recapture? Was it something about your relationship to nature was it about the community the culture that you were in what what mm. is there something that was, was sort of a kind of a more of a northern light for you in terms of what you're describing of your own personal experience yeah I mean I think certainly the the nature element I think there's something you know undeniable undeniably special and spiritual about being outside especially when it's um you know, cold and you're just kind of testing yourself, you know, especially when you're alone, you know, or kind of feel like you're alone. Um, the snow has this way of kind of just like, you know, blurring out the rest of the world. Um, you know, I think this can happen in a lot of natural places, but for, for me, it's, it's really, um, you know, on a mountain surrounded by snow and trees. Um, it has kind of a dampening effect with sound. You get out there like, you know, it can work a lot of different ways, whether it's right. a snowstorm or whether it's sunny, sunny bluebird day, and you just, you know, you you feel a way that you don't feel otherwise. Okay, and I really wanted to capture that. 
Yeah, l- let um, me let me just say because you touched on something, and I'm I'm not trying to I, I want to take you away from what your thoughts were, but I just b- having lived in in the mountains myself, mm-hmm. you just touched on something I think is really important, and it was so striking to me, and that is how quiet it is in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I lived there, I I remember being able to literally be able to hear snowfall hit the ground, hit the, occasionally a, a clump of snow would fall out of a tree, and the sound of it hitting the ground where there was already a lot of snow was was a really beautiful experience. Audio, auditarily, is that a word? <laughs> Audio-wise, a very, yeah. very, very emotional experience, very bonding thing. And also, I think the idea of being in the mountains, it's the scale of mountains and being in them and your relationship to that, this the immensity of the, uh, of mountains creates this, envi- cr- creates this environment that you're just, dis- uh, for me, I'm just trying to relate back to how I felt when I was there. And it, it relates to, I think what your film so beautifully captures. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I wanted to, I, I specifically kind of wanted to focus on that, um, side of being in that experience because I feel like so often you're watching you know, snowboard videos or, you know, um, a Warren Miller ski film, like there's back to back to back to back music. Um, and you almost never get that quiet. Right. And even if you do, it's just kind of to accentuate the music and the, the social side and that's all well and good. But I, I think that that quiet kind of, you know, just deserves more, um, more screen time. Yeah. Um, tell us about and, yeah. So I definitely wanted to focus on that. Tell us about Sadie Ford. What it, what attracted you to her, and in in your approach to her once you sort of had a chance to spend some time with her. her your approach to her about being the focus of this film. I knew in making this movie, I you know I certainly didn't want to make it about myself um, as a character, and I really just had some kind of like major boxes that I wanted to pick off when I when I cast um, for the main character. You know, I wanted it to be a younger female snowboarder. You know, maybe someone in like in their late teens, early twenties, really someone just, you know, kind of just figuring out life um, as you do when you're living on the mountain. I wanted someone who was living on the mountain full time, um, you know, who was who just was there and in it all the time. You know, I suspected that this person might have a job waiting tables or, you know, as a lift operator or, you know, whatever job people have when they kind of do what they need to do to be able to live on the mountain full time. And I wanted them to be really passionate about the sport, not necessarily like a pro, but just like, you know, really excited to be there. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's pretty much, that was pretty much it. And then I was kind of willing to go in a lot of different directions, like given all of that. And I ended up putting up a flyer at the local market um, in government camp, and that's how I found Sadie. So she responded she initially, to... initially... What's that? She responded to the, the flyer. Yeah, she responded to the flyer, and the flyer just said, like, you know, do you take off these boxes, and are you, are you willing to let a documentary filmmaker follow you around for a month? Um, you know, just have a camera in your face all the time for a month. And for whatever reason, I think Sadie, you know, kind of, she's just adventurous and 
a risk taker. And I think for her, it was just like, well, like, let's try this. But she was great because she didn't really have anything to prove. Like, she wasn't a pro. She wasn't about to go on some competition circuit. You know, she just, she wasn't, she didn't have a vested interest in, like, looking cool all the time. And when I met her, that seemed like I really got, just got that sense from her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she just was like, oh, let's let's do this project together. She really became a collaborator um, in the film. Yeah. And I didn't even realize how much I needed that at the time. But by the end of it, I certainly did. I can't imagine having done this with anybody else. Well, she seemed to have adapted to the environment that you that you were a part of creating in her life. There's no voiceover. There's no there's no explanation uh, about her life beyond what we see on screen. Mm-hmm. And she's good about when these are. It's one of those little things about when I'm watching a documentary when a, when the subject looks at the camera. And she doesn't do that. She seemed to adapt to the idea that you were there, but she were but you weren't. You weren't taking up, visually taking up too much space in her life. She, was, she seemed very comfortable in that environment. Uh, she has her dog. Is that Scooter? Do I have that right? Her dog? Yeah. Scooter, yep. Scooter and her have this just wonderful bond. And uh, I've never seen or known of anyone who did what she did or does, maybe still. I'm not sure. Where she, cre- <laughs> she, go- she goes out and builds herself a a place where she can maybe lives too too much uh, maybe too uh, inclusive of a way to put it but she spends a lot of time literally outdoors completely removed from uh, from human contact for for apparently long periods of time well describe yeah. for it you do a better job than I did but um, <laughs> does that sound I mean, right? yeah Sadie, yeah I mean Sadie was just she you know she 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 went far beyond just ticking off my boxes like i was i was looking for someone kind of normal um you know my goal was really to show by showing someone normal who kind of exists in this world um kind of how how special each individual really is is that uh, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I really just wanted to show kind of like the inner world that we all have when we're in these spaces that are so often portrayed as being occupied by people who don't have a lot going on upstairs. Uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And as, as someone who, um, you know, has lived it, I, I knew that not to be the case. And I just kind of knew that just the act kind of of showing someone on screen in these in this way would kind of um, combat that idea. But then Sadie was just kind of above and beyond. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that she was going to be a winter camper, that she, you know, she kind of had an active interest in um, learning about the tools that she needed and the resources and, um, you know, kind of the survival skills to, you know, pitch a tarp out in the middle of the woods and rig it properly and build it properly and build herself like a little kind of snow, not snow cave, but sort of like a snow pit. Yeah, yes, <laughs> um, that's right. You know, and like a laundry line and just all this, you know, and she's collecting water and building well, fires and doing all this stuff so that she could live out there. But then 
you know, almost more amazingly is like she was just really comfortable in her own skin. Mm -hmm. She was really comfortable having the camera around and sort of just like not needing to talk to it. She was able to just kind of let us film her and just be like, continue to be really authentic with what she was doing. But also, you know, in order to ignore the camera completely, you have to kind of perform a little bit because you're pretending that there's no one else around. Right. When in fact there's a, you know, film crew filming you. Right. Well, well, I would, I would. And so she, she had this like amazing kind of like fluid ability to do all those things. And that was really lucky. Right. I would put it as something akin to a heightened sense of yourself in terms of what you're talking about. Performance, she doesn't, it's not like she's grandstanding in any way, but you you have to project a, a heightened version of your real self in order to sort of, and she does, she, I mean, just in her daily life, she, you know, sort of hanging out, continuing to do what she loves to do, which is snowboard, and hang out with some friends, and she, she's serious in a very fun way about wanting to improve uh, her skill as, as that, as a snowboarder, and she she seems to derive a lot of satisfaction out of just her her life. She seems to be happy with her life. Um, <laughs> is you know yeah. and, and this kind of radical act of actually going into the outdoors and being essentially I say unprotected. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but certainly vulnerable to the elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she um she's comfortable being vulnerable and um something I always really admired about her. You know, she actually, um, she was writing a journal that the whole time that we were filming. And I didn't know that uh, until like two years after we shot the movie. And then she kind of revealed to me that she had this journal and she actually gave it to me and she let me read the whole thing. And that's where there's a quote at the beginning that comes from mm-hmm. her journal. Mm-hmm. And I actually toyed with having her read from it, like as a kind of voiceover. And there was actually a, a version of the film that existed at one point that had a voiceover based on her journal writing, mm-hmm. which in the end I decided not to go with. Um, mm-hmm. Because even though I really loved the things that she was saying and I thought they were really beautiful, essentially the ideas uh, were demonstrated visually mm. already right. and kind of less specifically, right. which I liked. Right. Well, just real quick, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with uh, Cambria Matlow. She is the director of a film called Woods Rider, and the film is coming out on uh, March 12th on uh, a number of the platforms that we're all familiar with, Amazon, iTunes, Xbox. Feel free to chime in if there's some <laughs> major one I'm missing. I know for sure Google Play. Google Play. And then, uh, however... Comcast is going to release it to a bunch of different stations. I'm not really sure what the word is, but if you have Comcast, there's a good chance you'll be able to find it. Excellent. Again, the film is called Woods Rider, and uh, this is your second film that you've directed. It was the other one was also sort about the outdoors, uh, being out, but a very different kind of film. Uh, Just real quick, touch on that for people who might be interested in some of your other work. Sure, yeah. Um, I co-directed my first feature film, and that was a film called Burning in the Sun. It's got kind of a much more traditional um, 
documentary approach. It, you know, it's got cinema verite and you know, interviews and B-roll, um, and it has a social justice bent to it. So it's mm. kind of much more what you think of when you think of documentary. Right. Um, Takes and that's about Africa. this oh, sorry, young guy who starts a solar energy business in West Africa. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a coming of age tale. Um, but it also touches on all these kind of like hot button social justice issues. Um, and that is also out and about in the digital streaming world, Amazon and, uh, beyond as well. The title again? It's called Burning in the Sun. Excellent. Well, this is a much more, as you described from not a sort of the traditional documentary. This is, as we said in the introduction, I think we've alluded to it a couple of times. It's very meditative. It's very observational. It's very much about, it reminds me in a way, and please let me know if you think this is a overreach or not, but it, it's sort of a Frederick Wiseman approach to documentary filmmaking where the camera is there and it's not, um, an approach that is commenting necessarily on on what's taking place. It's observing, allowing the viewer to take in what it is that they're seeing and make their own judgments and assessments of it. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, and I think um, a few others. All the names will escape me. I'm terrible at coming up with examples on the spot. Um, but yeah, I definitely wanted. Um, I definitely wanted the film to have like a very kind of overwhelming mood um, was really important to me. I think the difference between this and like a Fred Wiseman film would just be the element of a main character because mm-hmm. um, he, he kind of darts around and right. with Woods Rider we get to follow uh, Sadie through almost every single scene. Yeah. I think actually every single scene. Yeah. You know, so you have someone that you can kind of latch on to and who you get to you know, kind of take you as a guide through the world. I guess because there's this main character, you know, you have this person who's kind of like doing all of the action. Mm -hmm. And I guess another kind of like something that I was very intentional about was I only kind of filmed certain scenes with her. Like she would tell me like, hey, I'm going to go do this. And I would say like, you know, okay, that we want to, you know, we want to connect with you about like, we want to, we want to film that. And she'd say like, oh, then I'm going to go do this and say like, oh, we can let that go. Yeah. Like, I didn't have to be chasing her around 24 hours a day. Yeah. What has been the reaction from Sadie concerning the film? Yeah, I think, you know, while we were doing it, I think it she kind of got the idea pretty quickly that, you know, it, this wasn't going to be about, like, her, like, landing 360s perfectly, mm-hmm. um, that that kind of wasn't the intent. She, while we were filming, was just kind of so great at, at understanding that, you know, making a film like this is just kind of like a creative and evolving process where you don't really know what it's going to be or what it's going to look like in the end. And and she seemed just very comfortable with that even while we were doing it, which was really cool. And again, she just didn't have an agenda with it. And I think that just makes can make a really big difference with how a character, you know, responds to a film that you made about them. So yeah, when she did see it, I think as she liked it, uh, her her mom was there. Her mom liked it. <laughs> okay. Oh, I think she was proud, and uh, you know, proud to have been a part of it. She's hilarious. She's just like an amazing person. She she is a fighter, uh, firefighter, 
and she was an EMT, and I think now she's working. She's done, like, ski patrolling, and she just told me now she's working at a local fire station um, in Bend, Oregon. She, if you, I'll take this moment to um, encourage people to follow her on Instagram. Mm. Um, her handle is, like, Young Attention Deficit, Young spelled <laughs> Y-U-N-G. Um <laughs> And she has a really bold personality, and I think she, I think one thing that she might think is for that the film, you know, it's definitely like her quieter side. You know, she has some. She kind of vacillates between like her like quiet, just kind of like internally meditative, reflective, thoughtful side, and then when she's social, she has kind of a trucker mouth and is a little bit awkward, but also just, like, has really good friends and loves her friends and um, her relationships. And I think, if anything, she's kind of like, oh, that, you know, this is, like, kind of showcases me, but not necessarily, like, all of the dumb shit that I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel watching the film as well. It does. It's just, <laughs> just what she, yeah, it's, that's, I think, a very accurate uh, assessment of the film. Well, um, well, congratulations. Yeah, and, she, and she'd be the first to say that, I think. Yeah, um, I think so. I, yeah. um, and, I mean, uh, congratulations. It, it's a film that, has, as, as you are watching it, all of the elements begin to really kind of come into play in, your, in terms of your perception of the film, perception of her, perception of sort of the, the, the culture or the environment that she's in. And it sort of builds to this point in the film that uh, by the end of it, it's very, it, you feel... The quietness of it, the all of the the elements come together very beautifully at the uh, by the end of the film, and um, it's a it's a very very well done documentary. Uh, congratulations to you on it, and uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I want to once again. It's nice to hear. Oh yeah, once again, uh, remind <laughs> our listeners that we're that we have been talking with Cambria. Matt Lowe, and she's the director of the film. Woods Rider is coming out on March 12th on the platforms that we're all familiar with, Amazon, iTunes, Xbox. You mentioned Comcast is going to be picking it up as well. Uh, look for it, and you can go to the website to find out more, woodsriderfilm.com, to find out about the film and uh, and, and news about, uh, about where it is and where it'll be. And... Cambria, thank you very much for, for finding time to come on Film School today. Yeah, thanks, Mike. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.